Hi, everyone, and welcome to Be True, my podcast about the writing I love and the writing I do. I promise I won't rhyme the whole time. It's a decent Miss Bono, my junior high French teacher. Did you do your homework? I'm John Tessitore, and today, that ribbon of highway from my collection, The Americans. You can find it and all my work at johntessitore.com. The Americans is an outlier in my little catalog of published works. It's a true collection of individual poems rather than one of the fragmented, stitched-together Frankenstein poems that appear to be my specialty. Don't worry, there are more on the way. More to the point, it's a collection of what I've been calling story poems, narratives, monologues, character studies, little novels. Again, that's unusual in my recent work, which is usually full of philosophical and spiritual and historical confusion, lots of self-examination, and more than a little self-laceration. But The Americans brings me back to my roots, to what I thought I'd be doing at this point in my life, which is writing short stories, like Poe, like Hemingway, like Raymond Carver. For much of my life, these were my heroes, or so I thought, and I tried to emulate them every day for decades, Minus the crippling alcoholism. Truth is, I should have realized all along that when I finally started publishing, it would be my poems that would be the first out of the gate. Poems were the more natural fit for me. A music-obsessed kid who carried a little collection of the romantic poets in his pocket, just small enough to hide in my denim jacket, who later devoted a decade of scholarship and teaching to Walt Whitman and his influences. But I have an extraordinary ability to delude myself, Sometimes we're the last people to know ourselves or see ourselves clearly, and so for a very long time, I really believed that fiction would carry me. It may still someday. I've continued to dabble here and there. For example, you can find the novella called The Jigsaw Men on my website. And there's some fictionalized prose in my chapbook, Sometimes I Still Pray. But for the most part, I've stuck with poems for the past five years or more. Nevertheless, every once in a while, I write a poem that takes the form of a story, just like old times. Earlier in 2023, I realized I had many such poems, story poems, many more than I thought. And then muscle memory took over. I started writing a bunch more, like That Ribbon of Highway. A hot cup of coffee with a trick lid, a burnt lip, a curse. These hazards of the open road to be wounded and alone, nursing every minor hurt, recalling every frustration, or worse, to be a someone of substance, a person like me, and yet still dream of what the trees are hiding in the country hamlet behind the billboard, eat free at the glass slipper, beyond the tough guy patrolman skulking in the cruiser, waiting for me to pass, then his lights, a siren, sunken barns, churchyards, gothic playgrounds, the lovely local dancers, the secret canyons and kitsch of the American dubious, a yard sale at the house of old Stella Watson, who squats on her stool in the sunlight, hoping to lighten her load, a crooked foot on her cash box, her penciled-on eyebrows arched to look angry. She tries to read the fourth volume of Marietta, in ecstasy, while the neighbors wonder out loud where the good stuff is hid. 
You got the loot in the shed? They ask. She did. And a guard dog. And a shotgun under lock and key. And a husband buried in the field at first reformed. His ghost still angry. He was forced to leave this paradise first. Find the romance or die of thirst. Thirty miles to the next exit. Maybe some chapstick. Definitely and a cup full of ice. Find the romance or die of thirst. That could be the tag for the whole collection. Let's start with the title. That Ribbon of Highway. You know it. I know you know it. As I went walking that ribbon highway I saw above me in the skyway I saw below me the golden valley This land was made for you and me Woody Guthrie This land is your land It should be our national anthem It was written as an angry Depression-era response to Irving Berlin's God Bless America but the anger gets scrubbed out when we learn the song at school Teachers never seem to sing the verse about the keep-out sign at the roadside and the trouble with private property. But tucked into a song that sounds like good old-fashioned, red-blooded American manifest destiny is a heavy critique of American capitalism. YouTube it. Woody's version is pretty clear about his radical democratic beliefs. Socialism! I'm clutching my pearls. And that's where the poem starts. With the weird romance of the American road, the good, the bad, the ugly, no surprise to anyone who's read my work before. I'm obsessed with road mythology, as obsessed as only a guy who sits at his desk all day can be. Still a sucker for Chuck Berry and Jack Kerouac in the films of Jim Jarmusch, and yes, Bruce Springsteen. But even at their angriest, those artists trade in ideals, dreams, romance, the realities of American highways, like the realities of America in general, are much less romantic, even mundane. The first line of my poem, then, is much closer to lived experience. It's about the dangers of trying to drive and drink. A hot cup of coffee with a trick lid, a burnt lip, a curse. I'm sure you've been there. The plastic tab flips closed. You hit a bump. Something scalls. Go ahead and say it. Fuck. That's really road living. As the title of one of my previous books suggests, all the American roads can be lonely, monotonous, even for a person of substance, even for a person with some of that private property Guthrie resented. Sometimes even that person is just another burnt lip sitting in traffic. Monotony and loneliness are great equalizers. And because the boredom can be so crippling, everyone traveling alone on that ribbon of highway has the same choice. You can turn inward, sit with your thoughts, and end up nursing your angers and resentments and frustrations for miles and miles and miles, or you can turn outward and dream of what the trees are hiding. The poem chooses the latter. Imagines a yard sale, a woman named Stella Watson, Imagine Stella in some detail, her favorite reading material, her neighbors, her dead husband's grave. 
She's a real middle America kind of woman in the speaker's imagination, maybe one more rhyme away from a genuine stereotype. But maybe there's some comfort in that familiarity too. More comfort in good old crazy Stella than in the strippers at the glass slipper, or in the knowledge that there's an officer of the law waiting patiently behind the next shrub, ready to turn on the party lights and pounce. We know that woman, or someone like her. And there's comfort in Stella's story, and there's comfort somehow in the fact of the story itself, in storytelling. Not just because it occupies our speaker's mind during the mindless hours of the drive, but because it makes everything that is dull seem less dull. The monotonous becomes entertaining. Stella Watson brightens the landscape. Her weirdness makes everything just a little more tolerable. The unfamiliar becomes a little more familiar. And there it is, the very thing that stories are made to do, to make the unfamiliar a little more familiar. In stories, we learn about others as others, capital O, unique in themselves, like Stella Watson and her penciled-on eyebrows. But we also learn that others are not so different from ourselves, like Stella Watson, the fictional character made up by our person of substance. She, too, keeps her good loot in the shed. She, too, protects her private property. It's a neat trick. Not my neat trick, although it's a trick at the heart of the Americans, but a neat trick as old as speech, and an important one. We make shit up. It's how we understand the world around us. It's how we make connections. And if we don't make shit up, if we don't find the romance in the world around us, we die of thirst. And so, in the hope that your life is full of good stories and that you continue to make shit up every day, <laughs> this is John Tessitore concluding another installment of Be True. If you've listened this long, thank you. You can find more about the Americans at johntessitore.com. But first, two video clips to consider. A little experiment. First, Check out the opening of Jim Jarmusch's film, Down by Law. It's just a rolling shot of the streets of New Orleans as seen from the window of a car, set against Tom Waits' jockey full of bourbon. Then, check out the original video for Bruce Springsteen's Atlantic City, in which the streets of that city are also filmed from the window of a car. And then let me know what you think. I think about those two bits of video constantly. Special thanks to me for today's theme music, which I call B Chord. Maybe we'll talk again. And if you enjoy this little podcast, leave some stars or a review and tell your friends. In the meantime, I gotta feed the dog. All right, Luna, I'm coming.